This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today is going to be a Q&A, and I'm super excited because a lot of these questions have actually come from Instagram and then from clients. Um, and what I always find is that when somebody has a question, oftentimes other people have that same question as well. So um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, make sure you do because every Monday I post, you know, I, I answer everybody's questions um, that they send me through a story Q&A. So what I want to encourage you to do is make sure that you do follow me there and then uh, get in on some of these Q&As and maybe you could hear me shout you out here um, and answer your question or I can also do it on social media as well. So make sure to check those out. But before we get into the show, I need some help from you. Number one, I need you to go over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating review. The reason why I always ask people to do that <clears throat> is because it helps me to grow the show. It helps me to know what people like about the show and guests that people want to have on. And ultimately, the more we can get this show up the charts, the easier it is to get different um, guests on here. I mean, we've had tons of amazing people anywhere from, you know, Marcus Philly, Cody McBroom, James Fitzgerald, um, Chastity Snowden, like we've had tons of fantastic interviews and we want to keep that going. And the way that we do that is making this show um, have more clout. You guys can help me by doing a five-star rating review on iTunes. Now, second thing that I need you to do, immediately stop this show, take a screenshot on your phone and post it on your Instagram story. I ask you to do that also because somebody you know right now could benefit from this information. And ultimately, my mission with this podcast is to allow people to listen to get revelations and takeaways that they can step away from this show and they can use this to work on their life, their fitness, their nutrition, their mindset with by some of the things that they learned from me. So take that screenshot, post on your Instagram story, tag me in it. I am at Coach Cody Smith. And then without any further ado, my friends, we're going to go ahead and jump into the show for today. So um, like I said in the in the intro here, every single Monday I've been posting, you know, a, a, a Q&A box inside of my story on social media. <clears throat> and what I love about that is, number one, it allows me to to interact with you who listen to the show and who follow me. But the most important thing is it allows me to answer questions that people have. Um, it gives you an outlet, you know, without having to pay for it. Like the show is free. The Q&As are free. Following me is free. Like just getting as much information as I know out to you and to specifically answer your questions. So um, I really find that <clears throat> I enjoy just being able to provide that impact to people. So uh, I picked out, you know, seven different questions here. We'll see depending on how time goes that we can get through all of them. But my goal would be to answer as many of them as I can. And uh, for you to walk away from the show just a little bit smarter than you were on training and nutrition um, after. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into the question. So first question, how long should you take a break from dieting? Okay, so this is a great question. And there's actually two different questions that go hand in hand in regards to this very topic. I find that a lot of people go pretty much in this steady state of them being in a diet period, right? And, and, you know, you may you may think of this, like there's so many people out there that will go from, you know, doing keto into paleo, they'll try tracking macros for a little bit. It, they're just, a, you know, a, a assortment of all different kinds of things that people do and people try to um, essentially, you know, lose weight, change body composition, whatever it may be, right? And they just go from diet to diet to diet. Or they'll pretty much just stay in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. 
Now, I'm here to tell you that this will deteriorate results. This makes your body adapt in weird ways to where, you know, you'll pretty much resist any sort of dieting that you do. I mean, it, the list of issues can kind of go on and on and on. But what I want to encourage you at a minimum, right? Let's say you, you, you have a coach or you're coaching clients and you decide that you want to go through a diet period, right? My general rule of thumb of, of, of ways that I particularly coach people is depending on how long the diet is, I want you to take anywhere from 1 to 1.5 that amount in a break between diets. So if you go into an eight-week cut period, you need to go into an eight-week maintenance period. And that's excluding how long it takes you to go through the reverse diet period out, right? So uh, if you don't know what a reverse diet is, make sure to go check out the episode that I did uh, a Q&A on reverse dieting. <clears throat> but, you know, just, you know, long story short, a reverse diet is essentially walking you out of a cut period by increasing calories, whether it be via carbs, protein, or, or fats, uh, depending on where your cut came from. But um, long story short, you know, if you do a 12-week diet period, you need to do at least a 12-week maintenance period, right? We have to go through a period of time for our body to recover from the stress of a diet. When you go into a calorie deficit or a cut for an extended period of time, depending on how long that period of time is, your body does become stressed. And if we throw in life stress, you know, stress of relationships, family, work, not sleeping enough, training, all of these things stress out the body. So when we go through this stressful period for a long period of time, and then we, you know, we throw in the nutrition factor on top of that, you, you know, obviously there's a certain amount of stress that our body can handle. So depending on, you know, after your long duration of your diet or whatever that diet period is, my minimum recommendation is to take somewhere between one and 1.5 times the amount of time you dieted as far as a break period is concerned. Okay. So hopefully that uh, cleared it up for you. All right. Second question. How do you wake up your metabolism? All right. So this question is kind of loaded. There's a lot to unpack in this question and, and I'll kind of frame it um, in the most simplest way that I can explain it. And what's really cool is I, I got to have a conversation with uh, Dr. Jay Tata. He's probably the leading person um, that I found in the world on information and education around the metabolism. <clears throat> so what he explained to me and something that was really profound is he says, think of your metabolism as your stress barometer, right? So when, you know, in the, in the prior question, we got into like talking about stress and, you know, different things that your body handles. Well, when your body is stressed, so is your metabolism, your, your metabolism, the, the best way to think about it, other than it being a stress barometer it is a way that it is the way that your body turns energy into move or turns food or energy into movement. Okay, so when you're metabolizing food and using it to, you know, create movement in your body. Now, what happens over time is depending on your diet practices, your stress levels, your lack of sleep, your training, that affects your metabolism in most cases in a negative way. So when we're talking about waking up a metabolism, if we think of and this is just a basic way to think about it. If we think of all the things that stress your body out, that downregulate your metabolism, so calorie deficits, uh, overtraining, lack of sleep, high stress environments, um, the, the list can kind of go on there. When we think about those sort of things, we need to essentially reverse those. So to wake up your metabolism, we need to work on better practices around our stress management. We need to sleep more. We need to increase calories. And we need to find ways to train less intense 
for least periods of time to allow our body. So if you think your metabolism is asleep or, you know, I hate saying that, but if you think your metabolism has been down-regulated, start looking at some of those things that are lifestyle specific. So, you know, your sleep, your stress, your training environment, how, how, how much food are you eating every single day? I find that a lot of people who have a metabolism that is down-regulated, more often than not, we can revamp and, and kind of wake your metabolism up just by simply increasing your calories over time, whether it be carbohydrates, whether it be fats, whether it be protein. That is, is kind of um, null and void. But the biggest thing is that to wake that up, per se, quote unquote, um, we need to make sure that we go through a period of time to where we're looking at these different factors to reverse that process a little bit. So if you think, you know, if, let's say you're going into a calorie deficit and your body's not responding, start to look at these things. Just maybe change one of those things and see if you start to feel a little better, right? Like if your metabolism downregulated, it's likely that your energy levels are pretty low. It's likely you're having trouble sleeping. It's likely that your libido's messed up. All these things will be the telltale to see if your metabolism is down, you know, is downregulated or upregulated. So that's just kind of a basic way to explain it and to go into it. Um, so if you need to wake up your metabolism, start looking at those other factors first. Okay. Next question. Do I have to track things to lose fat? Yes. Now, this is, you know, I'm a macros based coach. I believe in tracking. I believe it is something that is very effective. I believe that it is a very simplistic and uh, pinpointed way to make a change in a person's body. Now, plain and simple, if you're serious about fat loss, you have to track different metrics. I'm a fan of tracking your macros your biofeedback, and your weight almost daily. Now, that the, the last one, the weight thing, obviously can change depending on whether you have a weird relationship. And I say weird, if you have a negative relationship with um, the scale. And, and we can talk about other measures that we can do as well. But I want you to remember this very simple quote. What doesn't get tracked doesn't get transformed. I'm going to say it again. What doesn't get tracked doesn't get transformed. We have to make sure that we track so that we know if we are changing, if we're moving in the right direction or not. So we track our macros because if we track our macros, it is a input, it is a input metric that allows us to change and to tweak and to utilize that as a, I like to, I like to explain it kind of as if um, like volume knobs, right? It allows me to adjust the volume of how loud the music is for you through that simple metric of those numbers. And without having that volume knob, it's hard for me to change the volume because I don't know where the volume is at, if that makes sense. That might've been a terrible analogy, but it's just what came to mind as, I, as, I, as we're recording here. Now, the second metric that I think you need to track, and, and it being probably one of the most important ones, is your biofeedback, right? So biofeedback can be classified as like your motivation, um, your fatigue, um, how your sleep is, how motivated you are, um, your stress levels, your, your performance in the gym, your biofeedback will tell you whether you are doing the right things with your, um, with your training or nutrition. It'll give you a lot of things. So if you're in a calorie deficit for a long period of time, things aren't working, we sort of see biofeedback tank, then we probably need to increase calories, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a met these are metrics that give us immediate feed, or not immediate, but give us fast feedback. Now, I do think you need to weigh every day. And, and, I, and I know that in some cases, the weight is not the most important thing, but the scale does help us to tell a story. Now, usually with the scale, I like to think of it as like a three-pronged approach. I use how you feel, 
how you look, how much you weigh. That's kind of the three different parameters that I would classify. Now, how much you weigh and how much you feel obviously is covered inside the biofeedback and then how you look is another thing. But um, I just wanna really, really, really hammer home. If you're serious about fat loss, you have to track your macros, you have to track your biofeedback, and you have to check your weight daily, if not a couple times a week. And, and, and I want to tell you that this is another struggle that people find as they go through this process is that, you know, let's say, you know, you start with a coach, you, um, you find yourself having to, you know, your coach is like, hey, you need to increase your calories. You start increasing your calories and your weight goes up. I've seen people fluctuate their weight as much as like eight to 10 pounds between a single day or two, right? And that's because, you know, food weighs something. It's, it's density sitting inside of your digestive system. On top of that, when you have been under eating for a long period of time and you start eating more food, the scale may go up. The scale goes up because that glycogen that is coming out of that food is now starting to store inside of your body. This is a good thing. This is not body fat. This is your body finally having the food volume and the muscle glycogen that it hasn't had for a long period of time. Um, so, you know, don't, don't throw the, you know, the you know, your process or your plan out the window just because you start to gain a little weight. Just know that using all of these principles together help us to paint a picture as to if we are doing the right things for your fat loss journey. So to answer your questions after, or to answer that question after a, a long kind of spinoff, do you need to track things to lose fat? My, my answer is absolutely in 99% of the cases that I've ever worked with. All right, next question. And, and I, I love this next question because this is the stuff that I get really nerdy about. And, I, and I, um, I've had actually a, a really deep conversations with a, a good friend of mine here recently is um, how do you get unstuck? Now, the, the person that asked this, I don't know. I don't know where you are specifically in reference to that. But when I hear unstuck, I always want to ask, um, do you know where you want to go? Right. So when it comes to getting unstuck. A lot of times the problem that people run into with being stuck is they don't know where they want to go next. All right. So a lot of times if you, you know, uh, I had a conversation with a friend recently. <clears throat> he's going through some, you know, relationship stuff and, and just having kind of a, an issue. And he reached out to me and he says, hey, man, I'd love to talk about some things. I'm, I'm in a little bit of a rut. All right. And, and uh, obviously when you're in a rut and your friends are trouble, you want to you want to kind of help. Right. So we got on the phone, kind of went into some things that are going on with them. And, um, you know, ultimately this led me to a place of really asking some specific questions. I asked him about like, Hey man, like, what do you stand for? Right. Because a lot of times his identity, you know, this particular person, like, um, kind of having some identity issues. And, um, ultimately I asked him a simple question and, 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 and I'll ask you the same thing. Whoever answered this, whoever asked me, you know, how do you get unstuck? If I looked you in your face and I said, what do you want? Do you have an answer for me? Right. So it's very easy to get into this play of, you know, just going to the gym day in and day out and, and eating and tracking your food day in and day out. And it's just what you do. But what specifically do you want? What is that thing that you want to check off? If you're stuck, what means that you're unstuck? Right. Is that, you know, you're having trouble going to the gym? Are you having trouble tracking your food? Are you having trouble sticking to a positive mindset? Well, define what those things are. How many times do you want to go to the gym? What type of nutrition practice do you want? What type of mindset to you is a positive one? These are the deeper questions that we need to ask. So, so if you are, you know, quote unquote, stuck, to get unstuck, we have to define where we are heading. Period. 
okay very simple principle but um you know very very hard to to you know it's easy to say, easier said than done obviously but um we got to do a lot more thinking about like what it is we want before we start um thinking about like you know whatever particular place we are you already know where you are but where do you want to go that's the bigger question okay all right next question how to determine when to diet again okay so this is going to kind of run you know hand in hand with that first question of how long to take a break between dieting so i'm going to make the assumption that when you ask how long to take a break between diets um it, it means that you've done it the right way so in that case like i said with that previous question you want to wait you know anywhere between 1 and 1.5 times the duration of the diet that you were just currently in now if you know you've done diets over and over and over again and you're not sure when it's okay to diet again then we need to start doing some some investigative work right so first thing is uh and these are three metrics i actually stole these from um my mentor cody mcbroom but these are three metrics that he shared before um, and i thought these were super great and i've been using them for a couple of years now is that we want to start looking at the intensity the duration and the frequency of your past dieting history to determine when we want to diet again Okay, so the intensity, duration, and frequency. So intensity would mean how deep into, you know, how extreme of a diet practice did you practice before? So if you have done a bunch of very aggressive cuts and you've gone into deep calorie deficits, that's something that we need to make note of and something we need to pay attention to. The next question would be how long did you stick inside of that extreme diet? If you've done that for a lot, if you've done that for long periods of time, then that's a metric we need to keep track of. And then the last question was, how often have you done that similar of a diet before? Because I've met people that have gone for years of going in and out of different extreme diets, whether it be, you know, HCG, keto, slow carb, intermittent fasting. I had a person that did a 72-hour fast for no particular reason other than trying to lose body fat. And when you do those sorts of things for long periods of time, you really start to do a number on how you really start to do a number on how your body interacts with different nutrition protocols and different things that your coach or or you may try so that's something to consider how intense have your diets been in the past how long did you do them and how frequent did you do those sort of practices when we account for all those things then we can determine what to do next and and what we should do to to essentially um, get into any sort of diet again. All right. So hopefully that helps you. And, um, I appreciate that question because that's, um, those are some cool, essentially principles to look at as far as, uh, uh when to do, go into another diet again. Okay. All right. Next question. All right. What are your top three principles in regards to leadership? Now, I am super fortunate to just lead lead a stud, a group of stud coaches. I, I truly believe we have some of the best coaches uh, at Virtuous Fitness that I have ever come across. You know, over the years, we've had tons of people that have come and gone, and um, everybody has played their role in making, you know, this business what it is. Um, but, you know, right now, I'm really happy with the team that we have. They're all in. We're, this gym is growing. At the time of this, we're, you know, it's COVID season. It's the election. It's all kinds of crazy stuff. But our gym and our members are just still just alive and happy. And I, and I couldn't be more happier. 
so to you know when it when it comes to leadership these are things that i've learned from leading this just great group of people um so i think the three principles that i that i answered this question with uh this was an instagram question was uh number one take extreme ownership or take ownership it's your fault always once you accept that you have uh once you accept that you have so much more power every single thing that i can think of in the past that has been an issue or, you know, a dropped ball or anything like that has always come down to my leadership somewhere. Somewhere I didn't do what is required. Right? And that's a tough pill to swallow. It's tough to it's tough to understand that um, no matter what, it's your issue. Like if you have a client or if you have a, a team member that is not performing to their level or to the level of, you know, your expectations or to their capacity and you challenge them on that and they still don't do what is required and you let that go that's your fault so you know if, they, if a client gets hurt or you know you lose money or whatever that may be that's still your fault there are zero situations to where you're not the root of the issue always so number one take ownership and, and accept that ownership search for how you can take ownership your team will will appreciate that you don't pass blame and that's kind of my big issue right now with what's going on in the world is that there is no single person you know, I watched some debates last night, and, and I don't care where you fall. You could be, you could be a, a Democrat, you could be a Republican, you could be a Libertarian, you could be a moderate. I don't care. I don't care. All I care about is, like, where's the leadership at? Because all I saw is everybody passing blame from side to side. No, it's this person's fault. No, it's this person's fault. A true leader, a leader that is a strong leader, that people respect and people honor and people are loyal to is a person that takes ownership, takes ownership always. All right. So that's my first principle. Second principle is to lead yourself first. It's hard to lead with guys without taking care of yourself first. You know, I often talk about like how I put myself in power every single day. I do that because if I don't take care of me, how can I lead and take care of others? Right. If if I come and I'm a I'm a hollow vessel or I've got no power or I've got no, you know, no fire, no, no um, energy in me. How could I possibly share that to other people? Right. So it's actually sure. Is there a time and a place to be sell or to to give and to give graciously everything you are and everything you have? Absolutely. But you can't give if you have none. You can't give if you have none. Right. So the second principle is to lead yourself first. How can you put yourself in power every single day? How can you put yourself into a position to where you can show up as a strong and powerful leader for your teams, for your people, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers? It doesn't matter. How can you put yourself into power first? And the last principle, catch people doing something good. Listen, this is something that I really failed with in the past was that I would often always be quick to point out things that people did wrong. I can think of so many times to where I would allow, you know, I would watch team members do something and then I would go and I would kind of get in their ear about things they were doing wrong. And and I went years without telling somebody this. And, and one day I had a, you know, a really deep conversation with a team member and, 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 you know, this person was like, you know, I never know if I'm doing what you want me to do. And that really kind of hit home to me because it made me think like, gosh, I can't remember the last time I gave this person a compliment or I affirm that person, or I just simply said, good job. So now I do a practice every single day, and you, you know, feel free to steal this if you would like. Now I do a practice every single day 
that um, I catch somebody doing good. So, you know, I wake up every morning somewhere between like 5 and 5.30 a.m. Usually right now it begins with me walking out into the living room. I have a big glass of water, you know. Um, right now I'm doing uh, 75 hard as well, so uh, looking to drink a gallon of water every single day. So, uh, you know, I get out of bed, I walk into the living room, fill up my 32-ounce hydro flask of, uh, with water, and then I often have a big glass of water and then a cup of coffee, I go down and I train. Now, as I'm training, I'm often either, you know, listening to a podcast, doing something to kind of grow my mind, and this kind of goes to leading yourself first, right? So I lead myself first. After my training, I go upstairs, have my green smoothie, my protein shake, and then I'll often go sit on my porch. Now, during my training and during all of this, I'm thinking, well, who are two people that I can show appreciation to today, right? And it could be, you know, family member, it can be team members, um, anything. But, in, you know, in regards to this question, like catching people doing good, I often like to use one of those appreciation texts for somebody on my team or, or you know, and, and I run multiple businesses. So I'll share with either one, you know, both sides of the house as far as which team member gets some appreciation from me. And I think about like, what have they done recently that I haven't recognized? You know, what has somebody done to add value to me? And in turn, how can I add value back to them to let them know that that was meaningful? And sometimes I'll be honest with you, you'll send that appreciation. You'll, you'll send, you'll tell them good job. And then, you know, the reply is you, you either a, you catch them off guard and they're like, wow, like, why is he saying that to me? Or, or B, they won't say anything back at all. But as long as you know you're doing something to add value to somebody else and to catch them doing something good, that's a positive thing. And that's something that's very good or, or it's a very um, nice thing to do for people. So when you, when you catch your team doing something good constantly and, and, and you know, in, in a manner that is cyclical so that, you know, they always know that you're proud of them, the output, the loyalty, the way that they buy into your business or to your team or whatever it is, <clears throat> is, is immense. It's, it's very big. It's a very big deal. So that's probably one of the most important things to do is to always remember to catch people doing something good. Catch them when they've done something great and show them that it's great. Because once that person hears that it's great, they'll want to do that thing over and over and over again. And ultimately, like, I don't know if you're a coach or, you know, a trainer, whatever it may be. Ultimately, if that if your team member gets fired up about something they did good and they do it over and over and over again, you win, they win, the client wins. It's a, I can't think of a situation to where that is a bad thing. So that is my third uh, leadership principle. And I hope that was valuable. I hope that's something that you guys can get value from. Um, and, and I think that is going to be it. I am out of time. I've got some programs to write. I've got clients to take care of too and uh, to take care of. And um, I'm going to go ahead and hop off the show. But I hope you guys got value out of that. Um, if you ever have questions that you want to send to me, I'm actually working on something right now to where I'm just going to post up a Google form and you can send questions into the show through uh, the show notes or through social media. But um, I will post that and get that up as well. But I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this from. And as always, don't uh, hesitate to reach out if you need anything. See you on the next one, guys. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.